Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Wise Men Say podcast. The Easter weekend is upon us. A weekend in the AFL, which traditionally makes and breaks the promotion hopefuls. Is it going to be the same for us this weekend? To preview the first hurdle, we are here to look at the game against Oxford United. I'm Roy Fallow, joined as always by Matthew Keelan. Evening. How are we? Well, the bank holiday is on the horizon, Matthew. The sun is out. We're recording this a little bit later on Wednesday, so we're all having a beer. So it's 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 good vibes, it's positive vibes, isn't it? Yeah, I'm off work tomorrow as well, so I've got hey. uh, having a couple of couple of cheap Looking beers. So probably just take it easy tonight. It's the six or seven. Um, <laughs> or the full eighteen. Eighteen tomorrow, I think. Oh, but then what about on Good Friday? You're not giving yourself much much room to go here. Um, well, just be a battered fish and chips for me on Good Friday, please, aren't <laughs> <laughs> but no alcohol, just plenty, but lots of beer in the bar as well. Enough to get you drunk, we'll see. And we're also joined by Jimmy Ray as well. Jimmy, first time we've had you on the preview pod for a few weeks. Are you enjoying a, a beverage tonight as we ramp up for the bank holiday weekend? I am indeed. Um, I've got some lovely um, little cans of pale ale, which I'm slowly working my way through. Uh, it's nice to be back on. Um, Certainly things are a lot more positive than they were last time I was on here, I think, if I remember rightly. So hopefully we can keep uh, keep the good vibes flowing tonight. Hopefully. Um, Oxford, of course, we're going to get into looking at them in the second half of the pod. Um, but to start with, we're going to continue a little bit of the debate that uh, began on Monday's podcast. We tweeted this out as well, and it's had quite a quite a decent social media response. So well done, Craig Clark. We passed some comment about whether we should change the badge or not. And we put a poll on the Twitter, and I was actually quite surprised that 59% voted to keep the current badge um, because, you know, I think you tend to see people really liking the old classic shit badge and I thought that would win the poll. Is anyone else quite surprised to to see that, that the the new badge remained, so to speak, in this poll? Yeah, I was actually. Um, To be fair, I was just saying, Rory, I've not kept up with a huge amount of the the views on it this week because I've actually been quite busy. Um, but, what? Uh, wait, 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 wait! <laughs> <laughs> it was at work, you know. Um, but I, I like if you if you'd have said to me how many people would want to change the badge, I'd, I'd have thought at least that majority would be the other way around mm-hmm. towards the old badge. Um, there's a lot of like nostalgia about it. I think for me, like I know we'll probably come on to this, but 
it's not so much reverting to the old one. I, I just don't really like our current badge. It's kind of aged, like, not brilliantly, has it? I've not got any particularly strong feelings with it either way, I will be honest. But like you, I, like I just said as well, I thought the old badge would have proved more popular. And, you know, there was a decent sample size. It was 1,348 votes. So, that well, not nearly thousands. Right, well, um, thousands, yeah. Thousands, yeah. But I've got no strong feelings to it. I think it's a bit dated, especially with the Latin on there. That's a, a little bit naff. Um but I'm not sure I'd necessarily want to go back to the yeah. ship badge as well. It's it's a funny one, isn't it, Jim? Like it's kind of like you're caught in between the two of them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. For me, it's like I haven't, like you, I have no strong feelings against the current badge, other than I agree it can look a bit dated. But at the same time, on the seats and on the gates and stuff at the ground, I think it does look quite good. Um, and I think also if we were to change, obviously all that sort of stuff would have to be changed too. Um, but at the same time, when you look at the old kits, you know, the iconic sort of 80s, 90s kits with the old badge on them, they all, it always looks really cool on there, I think, especially, um, you know, the iconic sort of thin red and white stripes on the mainly white home shirt and then the, the yellow and the blue away shirts that, mm-hmm. you know, sell on the retro classicos and what have you. So I can definitely see the attraction of, of going back, but I agree. I don't think we should just have the old badge again. Definitely, if we were going to change it, I'd want it to be used as a major inspiration. Uh, I know Craig mentioned Man City's badge had been sort of based on an old one. I know a few other clubs have done that as well, where they sort of use the, the iconic old badge in a sort of more modern way. But in terms of the poll, I'm not too surprised on one hand, because I guess demographic-wise, a lot of people probably who would vote in that poll, will their primary memories of, of someone will be with this new badge of what you yeah, the new badge, the current badge. Um, and with it not being a particularly offensive badge, not like that iconic uh, Leeds one that they tried to introduce, which was just a <laughs> just a faceless man uh, pumping his fist on, on his chest. It's not like <laughs> that level of bad. So, um, <laughs> yeah, maybe there is yeah. an element of be careful yeah. what you wish for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I don't oh, know. I want um, that. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Just just the same badge, but a bit of red and white. On it. Yeah, just like, change the colour scheme. It's fine. It was like a Pro Evo um, sort of North London white or Merseyside yes. blue or red type Massively. badge, wasn't it? It was great, yeah. But uh, yeah, for me, it's like, I, I, I do like the old badges. I think it looks really cool on the old strips. I wouldn't be averse to it being the inspiration for a new badge, but I'm also quite happy to keep it as we are. Um, you know, what? maybe... Sorry, yeah, go on. Just, yeah, like just one interesting thing is that a lot of people say with the, the current badge, well, it's associated with a lot of bad memories, but so is the old ship badge oh, as well. Like, yeah. we all shit got... for 104 years. Like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. We also yeah. got relegated to the third tier with the ship badge. And obviously, the early to, to mid 90s before Peter Reed came in, we weren't very good either and almost slipped back into the third tier. And it wasn't really until the new badge that we had this sort of. No, arguably, is certainly if you've been a sport for the last 40, 50 years, the best sort of sustained period, that four-year period under Peter Reid, where you know we were really attractive to watch and we won most weeks and the two seventh-place finishes, blah, 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 was with that badge. So I think when you balance it out, it's probably got enough positive memories, hasn't it? And even stuff like moving to the Stadium so, yeah. of Light is, is is a big thing as well, isn't it? Well, you associated step forward with Quinn and yeah, definitely. Even, yeah, even just Phillips, like ten you know, years the, in the Premier League as well. Yeah, ten, yeah, ten years in the Premier. Yeah, agree. And, and I think this this sort of feeds into a wider point about like you know the roast into glasses of the past. Just how like you know 
people people will say, you know, yesteryear's teams and players would walk into the sides we have now and I'm not sure how, how true that is in the same way. I'm not sure how true the badge, the old badge is more was a more successful quote unquote badge than the new one. Like you say, we, we had a lot of bad times with that badge, like we like we've had with this one. Um and good times as well. So yeah, I think there's a bit of roast tinted glasses on there, but I won't deny it does look pretty cool at the same time. I wouldn't be averse to yeah, I do like the ship reference. I think that's quite quite um obviously the iconic industry of Sutherland um, being represented on the badge um is 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 welcome obviously there are sort of references to mining and stuff on the new badge but it's kind of jumbled and hidden like you said the latin's a bit naff but at the same time it's it's not horrible um, yeah i guess that would be the, the tough thing if, i if wish i had changed, a stronger opinion if we change badges now if we change badges now it would be more simplified and you're not going to guess really references to everything on there. Do you know what I mean? So you might get the, the ship come back on and do like not to go over all ground like they did on Monday, but it would probably be like Man City who did kind of went back to an old style and just kind of jazzed it up a little bit. Um, some of the good points that were raised on Twitter though from response we had at the poll was Dave Boston. He said, um, that people who got a tattoo probably wouldn't very be very happy about this. I'm sure we all know <laughs> someone. Uh, my dad, for example, has the current badge tattooed. Um, Jake, Jake, Jake as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, for our, our friend of the pod <laughs> as well. So that's maybe that something to consider. But then in a few years... Although there are becomes, people who have the old badge. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, it becomes retro eventually, doesn't it? Yeah. So you just have to go through a, yeah, a little exactly. period of having to hide. Or maybe get the ship badge as well and see so you only get old badges on. Um, Dan tweeted us as well saying the new badge should have stars above as a nod to our league championships. Um, I disagree with that. I think we just have one star for the EFL trophy yeah. for the Papa John's. Is <laughs> anyone... One slice of pizza. Oh, yeah. yes. Lovely. One slice. One slice. One slice. <laughs> one slice. On I think... The with the stars thing, like I mean, you know, I don't, I don't wish to denigrate our history or whatever, but I think that those league titles were that long ago that I think it would be a bit sad if we had those stars on there. Given that, does anyone do it? None of those this, titles this, were won. Does anyone do it as a club in this country? Do Liverpool have it for the Champions League? Maybe have I made that? Do Leicester, Leicester have a star? Oh, okay, um, I don't know. Star they, they sleeve one. Fair play, I guess, given its reason. No, I don't know. But I might be I wrong. Want to add I stars from like fifty years ago. I think I've made that up with Liverpool as well. I don't know where. I, I think I've that. made it up with Leicester as well. Maybe they did it the next season. Yeah, I just rings a bell. It might have been on the sleeve. Um, yeah. I've certainly seen. I've found some Liverpool brand care, really. that has stars on it. Yeah, but yeah, I think just no. One. They definitely did have six stars on it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was like a thing with them. Um, so yeah, maybe we can just do one for the for the Papa John's. Why not? <laughs> um, another thing, continuing from the minutes from um, the supporters meeting that the club had was, um, and the last in touch on this on Monday, so I thought it'd be a good one to get our thoughts on was the stuff about the academy set up and the women's team was mentioned, and this kind of feeds in, I think, to the angle that the club spoke about of wanting to get back into the community more strongly and that being in Sunderland and the the wider region, obviously big emphasis of that on County Durham with Sunderland being the the team of County Durham and being from County Durham myself, something I feel very strongly about. Um, But I think the academy set up just to start on that one, we'll get the women's team in a second. It's important, isn't it? Because you want these young kids 
wanting to choose Sunderland and identifying with Sunderland. So if we've got that academy that's not just going to look after them, but provide that pathway, and if there's examples of that, that can be held up as well, which it has been in recent years, especially in League One, like George Honeyman, Josh Madger, etc. But getting that on a on a very local level and making us attractive to, to parents as well of wanting their kids to come here and knowing that their education will be looked after as well. And even if they don't make it as a professional footballer, they're not just going to be thrown on the scrappy. But it's a big consideration, isn't it? And, and it does really tie in with that, with that community aspect as well. Because, you know, these are, these are people's lives, aren't they? It's not just playing football, but it's, it's a big commitment for their lives as well. Yeah, so for me, um, I totally agree with what you've said. I think there's two main points with this. Uh, first of all, the North East is a massive hotbed of football talent. You have to only have to look at how many players from all the professional leagues in England and Scotland as well. There's so many from the North East and they've, a lot of them have sort of been in the academies, maybe us or Newcastle or, or Borough or whatever and for whatever reason have ended up elsewhere. If you can, there's a massive, massive sort of pool of talent to tap into there and I really don't think we have made the most of it in recent years as much as we could have done. So if we can reconnect with the community and tap into that, you know, regional talent properly, then that would be great. Because I think out of the three sides, Middlesbrough probably have the best record of, of, you know, getting youth talent into the first team. Certainly um, Newcastle have, I would say, the the least or or the worst record in that regard. Um, But I think we have a huge, you know, talent pool there and then like moving on to what you said there Rory I think the, the club is like a, a community if it's part of the community it can be something that can help lift you know these these lads even if they're not quite good enough to make it as a you know a top level player if they can just get a bit of you know discipline education learn you know some life skills and stuff it you know if we can be a part of making you know the next generation of of men and women and girl, you know boys and girls in in, in the region better bettering people uh, like you say not just about on a footballing level but just on, a, on an educational life level then we should definitely tap into that because um, we all know that that type of you know institution is needed in, in areas like that surround you know the stadium like the academy like and just you know the northeast in general County Durham Wearside um, everywhere you know if there isn't enough um of a, of a positive influence and I think that the club can definitely tap into that and, and we should definitely look to do it. I am um, no I agree Jim. I am um, I think as well like for a family like from a, a family point of view like from a parental point of view there's a lot made now um not, not on social media particularly sort of for every kid that makes it there's sort of two hundred whatever yeah. Don't and, and they're never ever going. They're never going to make it. And I think parents need to be aware. I'm not saying that they aren't, but they need to be aware of the fact that getting in an academy doesn't mean you, you, your son's going to be a a professional footballer. And I think that no doubt they are. But then if if they also they're aware of that, but then they say, well, actually, um, if he doesn't make it at Sunderland, um, but uh, they'll put him through, I don't know, qualifications, university, wh- whatever it may be after. He is how you can maybe get into sports science or physio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Where it, and, and then if that kid, you know, you could have the next Carl Winchester on you. You don't, you don't know. Like, you, you could have yeah. 
it, oh, it doesn't make it great for the cost it's going to invest. Uh, the club has to invest. It's it's not a lot really. It's probably yeah. more time. Um, but by offering that, you could end up with, the, you know, someone who you could go on to sell for a hundred million pounds, mm-hmm. who's chosen Sunderland because of the possible career path for them if they didn't make it. Yeah. There's so much potential in the region. And like you alluded to there, you know, there's big companies, there's great universities, there's loads of institutions that the club could build relationships with. And, you know, ultimately, like you say, can be a real, you know, shining light of lift, lifting these these people out and lifting them up and getting, you know, really getting pathways going for people inside and outside of football. And clubs, you see clubs doing it. There's clubs in this country that do it. There's clubs in Europe that do it. And certainly there's clubs in sort of, you know, you, you know, Africa, South America, North America, you know, football clubs play massive roles in people's lives and not just on the footballing term. And I think we have a, we have a massive role to play there. And, um, you know, if we can produce the next Carl Winchester, then that would be absolutely fantastic. But Lots of players you know, will be it's very hard to, have. to do that. But at the same time, it is, it is doable. Um, and you've only got to look, you know, England's number one goalkeeper, Sunderland Academy product, England's, in my opinion, best midfielder, Sunderland Academy product. Um, the potential is there. It's clear to see Absolutely. the potential is there. And, and we just need and to, one, to reconnect. Another encouraging thing was, and I can't believe we weren't doing this already, to be honest, because I thought this was just quite common practice. But I guess when you chop and change managers all the time, or people at board level as well, it's difficult. But they spoke about how the academy in the first team is no longer going to be separate. And that sounds like the, the pathway is going to be more structured, that they're going to be teaching the academy level kids the sort of same style of play that the first team will be getting. So it's sort of the, the same top to bottom. So it's it's more of an easier transition when they have to step up. Um, obviously, when you've got Phil Parkinson... Yeah, learn how to be sharks. So I was going to say, like, maybe when you've got Phil Parkinson in charge, maybe that's not the best thing to be teaching the, the academy players that certain style of football. But I guess when you always change managers or you've got, like, um, you know, we've had two directors of football within the before Speakman within the last 10 years. So obviously that's difficult, but it does point to the way that we're going to have consistency in the, in the dugout as well. So say Lee Johnson does depart when because obviously that will happen one day whenever that does happen then the replacement is going to be someone which fits in with our style and that's just something we've needed for years that level of consistency isn't it and when you read the minutes it's clear that this is very well thought out and there's big plans for this and obviously words can be very hollow and we'll need to see evidence of that but at the same time that won't happen overnight we've got to be patient with it but it's just it's encouraging to hear this. It's because we, we didn't hear really that kind of stuff with the last ownership. Yes, they said, oh, we're gonna do the Dortmund model, the Dortmund model, or replicate them or whatever this however they phrased it, but there wasn't any like actual evidence of a plan for it, was they just said that like on the fly almost, <laughs> didn't they? Whereas here, there's there seems to be an actual thought out plan yeah. doesn't there it's um it's well it needs to be you need to be in a situation oh sorry Mike you go no no it's right. it's it's um it's mad because it's quite hard to believe that it like this is Sunland we're reading about like mm-hmm. planning things <laughs> like that obviously I haven't read them obviously I haven't read them like you know god um but it's, <laughs> it's nine just, pages man it's, I'm not reading all of that shite <laughs> but um it's just 
it's just nice to say that we've got like like we know what we want to do and what we want to achieve and it's again just mad that this is something we're talking about and because like the the previous regimes have just said things like I I could just say well I do just say things and make wild accusations at people you don't own a football club Matthew exactly and (laughs) god forbid I ever do and you know that would be nice. It would be entertaining if you wanted to. Yeah, it would be for about a week. Well, I, I think as well, like you, you should be in like a position. And this is something that I've heard be spoken about. Uh, Brentford are a good example of this, and others of the clubs as well, where it's like every single person at the club is replaceable, and that doesn't change the overall goal of what the club's trying to do. And actually, Johnson alluded to that a bit in his. I don't know if anyone saw the interview that uh, Keith Downey did with him on Sky today, where he was saying that like he. Him and all the players are, just, are here for a bit, but it's, it's it's the club that stays there, and it's about building something that's long lasting. So that after he's gone, after players move on, it's the ethos is the same, and that's that comes from things like having the academy playing in the same way. It comes from having not not a scenario where, like we've seen with Premier League clubs, um, Sheffield United, I guess, would be a good example with what happens with Chris Rado, where the manager has ultimate control and if that goes wrong then there's nothing there there's no there's nothing else there to to carry on when they leave you need to have a situation where obviously the manager is important but really the manager is 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 hired to fit in with within the already yeah, existing exactly. ethos, which I feel like this is that's what Stephen wants that must be what Dreyfus wants these appointments that we're making the data analysts the behind the scenes guys then marrying that in with the academy stuff and as we move on to the women's teams like Sunderland Football Club needs an identity because we've not had that for well I mean when was the last time you could say we did have an identity I'd say probably you'd be going back to the early days of the stadium like to be honest when we had a proper well, yeah, yeah. or maybe, maybe if you're being kind sort of Mick McCarthy I guess there was a yeah, style yeah, yeah, yeah. of yeah. player there and then we've had it in flashes I suppose with Poyer and, and with Allardyce but not for you're right not for that's the sustained it, the period flashes, yeah. the flashes is what we would need to move away exactly. away from we, and, and often those flashes were different they were too different to each other you know you go from Poyet who played one style of football he'd, he'd have come on from De Canio with all of the stuff that went on there, then you'd have Dick Advocate afterwards and all of them are totally different. Yeah. And there's no overarching plan. It's it's like we need to move away from that because that isn't sustainable. And, and if you look at the best clubs in the country, City do it, Liverpool do it, um, Norwich do it, Brentford do it in the championship. And certainly we need to be trying to do it if we want to get up there because this, this appears to be the way football is going. And in my opinion, for the better, is the clubs need to have an overarching ethos where... Managers can come and go, players the same, but there, there are certain things that don't change because in t- in decisions are made in the, with a the long term future of the club in mind. I, I, I like you're right, you're totally right. And clubs are often laughed at, and fans are often laughed at for saying things like, um, well, he's not a Manchester United player, or um, we're not playing the insert football club style of player, or or like, or or. Whatever, um, and I, I think you know there are certain times when you like you rightly laughed at, but I think like Manchester United have built an identity over thousands of years, and like if there are clubs and you, you hear it sort of, the clubs would rather see sometimes them play 
a certain way and not have the success, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that that's what you want, but there is yeah. something where an, an identity um, and a style needs to be stuck by. And and if it sometimes it's not going to, like Chelsea at the minute, like they're re, sort of re-identified, like they've rebuilt yeah. their entire thing under... Like Leeds would be also like Leeds exactly. will play the same way, whether they're playing Man City or Burnley, they'll play exactly the same way and they'll accept they won't win every game. And it's not. I'm not sitting necessarily saying we should do that particularly, but like you say, it's that. It's that. Like this is how we're going to play. And yes, you can be yeah. pragmatic, and yes, you can look at opponents and change things. But at the same time, even when, when things are changed, like we like Johnson again has alluded to, it's like if things change, it's like we're changing them because we want to change them. Mm. We're not. We're not just like randomly choose deciding. You know, like. Like we saw with, like you mentioned, Parkinson. I think Jack Ross did this to extent as well. It's almost like they're randomly making changes in the hope that something good's going to happen. That's what we need to move away from because managers doing that week in, week out with the squad is the same as the ownership randomly trying to appoint the right manager. It's like there's no thought going into it other than just we need to try and. I think it all boils down on, really... on to in, in terms of. When you look at what what you were saying, Matt, about it's it's fine for people to say we have a certain style or, or whatever, and Bielsa's probably quite a good example of it at Leeds as well. Is as long as the manager has an understanding with the supporters, then yeah. they'll kind of, and it doesn't work with every manager. So Sam Allardyce is always a good example to pick out. He got yeah, he got West Ham promoted, sustained them, but sometimes it just doesn't fit with a certain manager at a certain club and that that's actually all right but then look at him at Sunderland very short period of time but he's held in very high regard because yeah. we quite like direct football we like you know even if they're defensive minded players who get stuck in and tackle it might not be silky smooth all the time and even though actually Poyer who are holding high regard Poye does split opinion quite a bit with supporters and mm-hmm. let's not rewrite history with him. At the end, it went very sour and I can remember uh, sitting at home games and people shouting, just play some long balls, just play some long balls. A lot of people, even when it was going all right, didn't like the slow paced, passing about the back four stuff. We do like quite quick football, even if it can be mm-hmm. a bit, in inverted commas, ugly. So I don't think there's anything wrong with supporters to no, have something that's not. quite traditional with their club. But yes, it can be a bit arsey when West Ham are in the bottom half of the Premier League and they're on about the West Ham way. But I don't, I think that gets oh, twisted yeah. quite, a, do, quite yeah. a bit at, at, at yeah, times. I think it's just supporters wanting what they what their taste in, in football is as much as anything. And as long as you're seeing, you know, with us, the Sunderland fans, if you're seeing the effort there, which we are, then, you know, that we do quite like that sort of like quick, direct football. We are getting quite a bit of that with, with Lee Johnson as well. And you so want the pragmatism as well. Like, yeah, absolutely. Because fans aren't idiots. Like we, we watch the, we watch the team week in, week out. We, we know what the players can do and what they can't. What you want is a manager to do the best with, players that they've got like like Allardyce is a great example of reputation for long ball football the best football we played under him wasn't long ball at all yeah. it was because he was using the players he had to his advantage it was direct but it wasn't long ball wasn't it like yeah, that's what people exactly. get confused with them I think, yeah, I think just because it's direct means you're hoofing it up to a seven foot centre forward we actually exactly. played with quite a bit of width exactly. and like we made use of wing backs mm-hmm. and stuff like that um but yeah, I think Johnson does kind of not to I'm a bit loath to use the phrase, like does kind of 
seem to be clicking with that side of thing does understand <laughs> if you'll allow me to use that oh. phrase um, one one thing I wanted to touch on, on quickly before we move on to previewing the, the game lads is um, as I mentioned at the top how the women's team feeds into this community aspect as well. And I think that is important and can't be overlooked. Like to be in the community, you need to engage with everyone in as many ways as possible and be inclusive as well. And obviously the the men's team is always going to be the thing that people like coming to watch the stadium packed out with. But if you've got young girls coming who, who also want to play football, I think there needs to be a, a clear and obvious like you can do that as well with us and, and we're a club who will cater to that and, and look after that as well. And the lads on Monday spoke about how Man City are a good example with their brand and they're a great example with the, the women's team as well. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. over the last 10 years, they've became um, like officially, like more formally associated with the, with the club rather than having an affiliation. They are part of Manchester mm-hmm. City now and that means they share corporate links, resources. They're on their social media campaigns as well. So again, it's all very visible. And they've also had success during that time as well. Um, three FA Cups and a WSL title since 2016. Obviously, they've got the training complex where Man City's um, youth sides play as well, which holds about, I think it's about five, six, 7,000 or something. That's obviously near the, um, the Etihad Stadium. Yeah. And also as well, they've got Lucy Bronze and Steph Horton playing for them who came through at Sunderland as well. So if we're going to get in the community, we can't ignore this as well. And we want these women footballers to to look at Sunderland and be attractive as well. And, and that's at all age groups as well. And it's important that we're catering to that. And like I say, being inclusive. And I think the, the thing that City do with um, making their women's team part of their social media campaigns, it's just... It's very positive, and I was I thought it was really good to see them highlighting that and and not forgetting it in the in the minutes with um with the supporters meeting because I'm I'm not gonna lie I'm not like a huge watcher of women's football I don't even think I'm being preachy here like I'm not like but it's obviously something that shouldn't be ignored and it has been ignored by the football club in the past um, at that boardroom level and not giving it support so it's good to see that there's plans for them as well I think. No, it is like uh, yeah, I agree. I'm the same, really. I've not, I've not watched like an awful lot of women's fo- women's football. Um, but I think it's it's fairly straightforward argument that it, it should be part of like one football club at the end of the day, mm-hmm. playing the same sport, representing the same city, um, and Manchester City, as, as you've said, and as Craig said on Monday, um, do it really well. They the they've I think they did a joint photo shoot and stuff for the team yeah. photos. Um, the same, they're playing the same kits with the same sponsors, which is like I think it sounds like a small a, thing, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's, it's like actually we were, quite like, big. The, like the women's team last season for us was sponsored by like Wash and Go or something, and it's just like yeah. it just looks like it, 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 they just look like yeah. they've been donated the kits, and yeah. like the the it, it was part of the club for a bit, I think. It, years gone by and I think it moved away when um, maybe to a lesser extent than what it's going to be and certainly to a lesser extent mm-hmm. what Manchester City um, oh, there's always like a segment I remember them always been like a bit in a, like a segment in the programme and stuff about the yeah. women and then it just seemed to move away and be sort of forgotten about um, but certainly as well now with the, the growth and the coverage of, of women's football like BT Sport have got an awful lot of it on 
Well, there's been a new um, deal announced as well last week, I think it was. Is it going to Sky, maybe? They're, they're, they're paying well, they a lot had, of money for it now, I think. Well, they had all Champions League games on the other day. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, the, the women's team, Sunderland women's team have been harshly treated, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but the affiliation yeah, now with the club moving forward is only going to help with them moving up into the... The professional, I, forgive me, I don't know if they're prefer. I presume they're not professional at the minute. I, I don't know. Um, I probably come across very ignorant and I don't know. Well, we're not, we're um, not pretending to, to um, like I say, we're not being but, preachy with this. I'm pretending no, I pretend to know all about I think, it. I think, I, think they, I think they are, but it's, it's, it's I think they're on the last run that is. Are they? Um, so, like moving into like the Women's Super League, like the Premier Women, you know, that to get into that top division mm-hmm. is to have us, you know, in the Premier League and the women's team in the in the women's Premier League will be, and it'll increase that visibility as well exactly, if, they're getting, yeah. if they're getting the infrastructure helped out as well. And then we will know more about that. Like even if you just follow it like fairly casually as well, because it will be more visible. And that's part of the point as well, making it making it visible to everyone and, and elevate. Well, that's it. They're representing. More. They're representing the club. They represent the club in the city in the same way as any other team. The red and white stripes with the similar badge on, on the kit does. And like you've said, you know the. the there is no and should be no reason why the women's team is not as much of a part of the club as any men's team is. And like you said, the models that City have, Leon have the same in France as well, where the women's team is is seen in terms of the club as no different to the, to the men's first team. That's the way it has to be. And that's the way it will be going forward for more and more clubs. So we need to get on board with that because the days of women's football being viewed as, you know, inferior or whatever a numbers in my view you know the, the, the viewing figures are only going to go up and and also the ability like you like you mentioned Rory there's a lot of female footballers from the northeast hotbed of talent in the same way as a lot of male footballers from there so it's that again is a pool of talent for someone to tap into and we, as we have done previously um, and need to start doing again so absolutely we need to treat every team male female youth adult, professional, whatever. If they're wearing the wedding right stripes, they've got the badge on their chest, they're playing for Sunderland and they deserve the same treatment. Because ultimately, it, there is no difference and yeah. those days are numbered Absolutely. quite rightly. Absolutely. Lovely stuff. Well, looking very positive off the pitch, but are we going to continue that on the pitch this good Friday? Is it going to be a great Friday? We're going to look ahead to the game against Oxford United after this break. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrowcom slash ACAST. burrowcom slash ACAST. I'm Kevin Kyle and you're listening to the Wise Men Say Podcast. 
Welcome back to the Wise Men Say podcast. Before we look ahead to the game against Oxford United, we would like to remind you to go to fromtheterraces.co.uk and use the discount code WMS10. Matthew, how many days is it until we can drink Stella in the rain? Uh, 11. 11, 11 days. Yeah, yeah, that'll be right because it's Thursday and then wait. No, no, is it? Is it 11? Oh, probably by the time people listen to this, 11. Anyway. It's 11, right? We'll, we'll just say it's 11. I mean, you can play five aside now. Though, 11. It's a shame um, from the terraces don't make um, football, actual football shirts, Matthew, because we can play five aside now. So that would be good, wouldn't it, if we could get Chris to design us a from the terraces five aside strip. Chris plays five aside awesome. with us sometimes as well. And, you know, people could maybe buy their own in customized colors as well. Get people wearing FTT at Ooh. goals, power league, up and down the the country and save 10% using the code WMS10. <laughs> I think I've just come up with a great idea, haven't I? I agree. Uh, why have we not suggested this before? I know. Like, it's, like I say, especially because Chris plays five-a-side with us on occasion. What colour well. strip would you want, Rory, for us? Um, I, I like a blue and yellow, me. Like, that's always thought. If I started a, a football Palmer. team, I'd go for blue and yellow. Um, you'd maybe like a sky blue for sky Man City. Sky blue for me, Man City, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I don't just support them. Yeah, yeah, we'll carry you going for it. Yeah, that is a good. Is a good combo. Yes, the Fiorentina. Specifically, you know the the crest, the the Batistuta era of Nintendo. Oh, oh, um, sort of. Yes, Jim. Yes, you know that. Say no more. Probably nineties vibe. Looks great long sleeved yeah. as well, that one. Great kit. Well, Chris, if you want to design football. Well, mate, what, what happened to long sleeve footy shirts? Like, I know, why, yeah. Why, I always, always used to buy long sleeves and thermals now. Yeah. Just have long sleeves. I've, got, um, I've got a long sleeved from the 08 or 09 season. So, like, Kieran Richardson rifling his yeah. free kit again against the Mag. Is that the, the Boyle Sports one? Yeah. Yeah, the second. Second? Got yeah, second Boyle yeah, Sports I've got, one. I've got, I've got Boyle Sports. Home with Whitehead on the back from that. Why is he was that thing? With Whitehead on the back. Wow. So Greg, big, big, yeah. big fan of your workmanlike players. <laughs> your Grafton big and so well, I, did, I, 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 I used to do this thing where I get like the what I, what I would hope would be the least asked for name. So I've got now one most from. But you remember the um, foil sports away with the grey sleeves, the white one with the neon. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. With Nosworthy on the. Yeah, Nosworthy on the back of that one. I've got a, but he got was a, a cult hero by that point. He was a cult hero, Nosworthy, though, Jim. No, no, was, Nosworthy yeah. was a cult he hero was, by then, so surely people would have been yeah. asking for him. Surely that season, what, 0 9 yeah. 10, it would have been, I don't know, Paolo da Silva, get him on the back, maybe. Not many people would have been. That would have been a good one, actually. That George McCartney, I think he was still hanging around. Should have got him. Yeah, see. Well, you that, no, that, that would be the one. If you get, if, if you get a McCartney from that late, that would, that would be, you yeah, can that buy uh, Milton Keynes sell their home shirts in long sleeve. Then you know this. Of well, I know this know because, this. well, yeah, oh, I need a new top for five side. And don't you know. buy. It. I think this is my least favorite. Well, no, not Keynes. my least favorite. Actually, I'm going to rephrase that. Of all your things, I've always been very on board with them, Matthew. I've enjoyed them. Joined in on occasion, but I think MK Dons is the only one I've not been on board well, with. To be honest. I didn't buy it because I thought it was £37. <laughs> oh, no, no, I want you to buy it. Actually, that'd be great. <laughs> I'm not that's buying that. That's been happening this bank holiday weekend. <laughs> anyway, no, I'm, 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 I'm all likely to buy the shorts, I think. 
Yeah, short, short is fair enough. But we strayed very that far from the plug from the, the terraces here. Uh, um, so there's no Dean Lewington merchandise available from, from the terraces. Oh, Being get lovely polo shirts, lovely jumpers, lovely pairs of shorts because the weather's getting nicer now. From the terraces.co.uk, discount code is WMS10. Gentlemen, it's Oxford at home this weekend. Um, obviously, we played them away second game of the season, a 2-0 win. Um, Oxford currently in eighth position. Um, started poorly, though. Only won four of their first 16 games, obviously including that Ooh. defeat to us at the Kassam Stadium. Went on a great run after that, though. Between the 15th of December and the 14th of February, they won nine games out of ten. Um, worth mentioning, though, that was against the likes of they played Bristol Rovers twice in that <laughs> period. Uh, Rochdale, Plymouth, Wimbledon were in there as well. Um, but then they've tailed off since then. Uh, they've only won three in 11. So and kind of points to a bit of a streaky side, doesn't it? But they did win against Lincoln last time out, so that should give them some confidence. And they've held Peterborough and Charlton to nil-nil draws. So with those recent decent performances against the sides um, within you know, the upper echelons of the league and the fact that they're a bit hard to predict, does that worry anyone at all? I watched that Lincoln game and they were good value for that, to be fair. Um, I watched, it was last Friday night, um, Mind, I was steaming, um, <laughs> but I do, I do, I do remember them being, uh, yeah, but they look much better than Lincoln. I know Lincoln had a couple of players out, and they had a couple of and now that COVID thing as well. Maybe, well, so. mm, um, was that, I know that's like a bit of conspiracy, but was that affecting things at all? Well, they had a, they did have a couple of players missing because of that, and they had a, they had one on international duty as well. I think okay. Um, but the well, Oxford, yeah, they've, they deserve to win that. From well, I think anyway. But I'm not. I don't. I'm not worried about it. Really, Jim. How about you? Right. Well, I think they're one. I think. Uh, best way to sum. I'm trying to think of the best way to sum. I think they're one of those teams where they on on the face of it, not worrying particularly, but don't write them off at the same time. I think they yeah. can. They've shown they can get good results against anyone, but also can turn in some shockers. I think they've got some decent players, but I'm not so sure how consistent they are. So very much I would file this in the category of a team that's, that is running as we are, doing well with the aspirations we've got, should, given that it's obviously at home as well, should be looking to win this. But we certainly can't afford to do what we've been doing, in my opinion, quite off, quite too often recently is starting the games quite slowly. I think we need to really try and set our stall out early. You know, like, like we did against Doncaster, who I think we're going through a similar period of decent form yeah. when we played them at home and we obviously we mullered them. So I think if we start the game fast like we did then, that'll be the way to go. They're not the most worrying team. Like Matt says, they were good value for that win on Friday night. But we can't take them lightly, and we certainly can't expect it to be, you know, a feast of like like we against Bristol Rovers for similar reasons. I think they'll come here to frustrate us in the same way that Bristol Rovers very much set up to frustrate us last Saturday. I think it'll be a case of try and you know, obviously the crowd out there to get on our backs, but you know, try and do the similar thing as, as in you know breaking up play, not letting us get any rhythm, trying to you know, win fouls. And I think because it's a Carl Robinson team, as we know with Carl Robinson, he's a very disagreeable man um, who 
<laughs> sets his teams up to be very annoying. Former MK and Don's manager, actually, Carl Robinson, so. isn't he? So yeah, so in my view, it'll be a it'll be a, a scrappy, tough, bitty game, but we'll win. To be fair, they are potentially going to have to come up for the win if because obviously they're they're going to have an eye on the playoffs. They're currently two points off. Um, Gillingham played tonight and beat Wigan, and they've gone into six on fifty-eight points, but they've played thirty-nine games, so quite a few. Like Blackpool, are seventh have played thirty-five. Doncaster, thirty-five. But if Oxford are looking at the likes of Blackpool and Doncaster immediately above them. Oxford have played two more games than them and they're a point behind both of them. So they maybe can't afford, even though draw on the face of it, a way to a side who are in really good form, like ourselves, who are pushing for automatic promotion, isn't a terrible result. Are draws any good to them now, if you see what I mean? The Paps do need to need to be picking up wins. So it might be fairly open, um, which... You know, that could suit us. We've, we've seen that I'm in the past. That. You know, look at Lincoln, the, the 4-0 win. You mentioned Doncaster as well, Jim. I know we did kind of find a bit of a cheat code with McGeady crossing to White in that game, but they weren't exactly shutting the game down at any point. Whether they weren't exactly like compact at all. And if they're quite open and, you know, if they're giving McGeady more space, for example, if, you know, Lyndon Gooch or Jordan Jones, whoever's on that other flank, if Aidan O'Brien's got a bit more space to work in, obviously Charlie White is lethal in front of goal this season. So it might be a little bit more open for us than than we'd perhaps think, which would play into our, our hands, I, I think it would. I would agree with that, yeah. I think the more open it is for us, the better. I agree, yeah. I think if they want to come and, you know, try and, for want of a better phrase, try and take us on and beat us, then... Hmm. Like have a go then, because the teams that we've lost at this season, there's any the Portsmouth game really that I can think of where we've lost to a team that have come and tried to beat us. Um, yeah, yeah, like Plymouth for example <laughs> was just like, our own doing. It was a mistake. Like well, they're, 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 like the like the Shrewsbury, Plymouth, um, Milton Keynes, Wigan, Wigan had got, one shot. They've all got on the in the first minute. They've all got yeah. on the the coach after the game and sat there going. Huh? <laughs> like how did, we did we didn't mean to do that really <laughs> like Plymouth taking the lead twice as well um, <laughs> they were MK surprised anyway MK Dom's coming from behind oh, like it's just like Christ. bizarre really um, these football and powerhouses coming to the <laughs> well we're going to but none of them well we're going to you know I love all of these teams you do you? actually all you <laughs> do Chelsea <laughs> Lovely to see them um, beat us at all. Um, uh, Not the official view of the Wise Men say. The views of Matthew Keelan only. Um, But yeah, that well, yeah, like Milton Keynes doesn't come and try and win. Like there's just like you know, nice to nice. Kind of did when we played them away, didn't there? Maybe that'd like put the the sense. Uh, Yeah, well, you know, like fair play to them. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and, you know, Um, why not? Well, respect. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, there was only there've only really been like the Port- Portsmouth hammered us. To be fair, um, and that was yeah. that was the only time that we've been played off off the pitch, really. And uh, mm. if they if they come and have a go, then all we've got to do uh, really is not have an off day. I would say, and we've got the quality to beat them and get the first goal. Like... Yeah, that's it. Get ahead and. Get, if you can, if you go two 0 up, then the game really 
it's done. It's, it's done, isn't it? Like, it's, best best defense in the league. Exactly. By, well, yeah. by you know a couple, by a couple at least. If we go one nil up, and if we go one nil up at half time, and I've thought that in in the last two games, Lincoln and Bristol Rovers, one nil at half time, the worst we're getting is a point. Like, and the, yeah. the defensive record suggests that. And but what is going to be happening at the back? Um, we seem to ask this every week at the minute. Um, before we get on the centre halves, left back could be an interesting one. Um, Demi Hume played 75 minutes, I believe it was, for the under 23s in midweek. Maybe not fit enough to start, but perhaps could see him in the match day squad. But maybe to be fair, given McFadden has looked. You know, he obviously got the goal against Lincoln. I thought he did all right against Bristol Rovers. And you don't want to rush Hume as well, because it would be good to have him for, you know, those last four or five games as much of an attacking threat as anything as well. But could maybe see him on the bench, couldn't we? And that's perhaps an option as well with 15, 20 minutes to go. Well, yeah, I think like I'd normally normally with a left back, you'd be like, well, what's the point now having on the bench? But I think with Hume... I think he's got the attributes to to have an impact as a as a sub, hasn't he? Um, yeah. You could even put him on the wing for the last twenty minutes if we needed. Even just to free up, it yeah. would give McGee yeah. a bit more space, wouldn't it? Like McGee yeah. drift inside a little bit, like it, it does open it up quite a bit. Um, but centre half, what do we think? Um, me and you, Matt, we were we mentioned on the reaction pod after Bristol Rovers that O nine didn't have the best game. And I'm actually looking after the game. I saw like mixed response to O9's performance. People saying like, you know, maybe it's it's a bit harsh for people to be sort of digging them out, which I, I don't think we did on the reaction pod. I think it was just kind of fair enough what you said, Matt, about it has maybe came to a bit of a natural end with the, the form he's in and maybe other players coming back to fitness. But but what do we reckon? Do we obviously Lee Johnson not in his press conference yet, so it's hard to to judge. But if Bailey Wright or Tom Flanagan's fit, get them back in the side, get O nine into midfield, perhaps. I would, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think with Oxford, their main threat from from what I understand and what I've seen is he's definitely central, and I think it is they, their strikers are kind of traditional type strikers like um, James Henry and Matty Taylor are pretty sort of, basically what I'm trying to say is their threat's going to be more central than it is down, down the yeah. side. So I think 9 is possibly more of a risk in this game because of that. So I think he'll, he'll have to be at the top of his game to be able to, to defend well against that, against them. I think possibly if we can not have to play in there, that would be good for that reason. Um, possibly we could use his dynamism in midfield because Oxford's midfield um, is the best in the league by ours. Do you remember when that was a thing back early in the season where every team we played with, with I think that I think Oxford were the original team that that that, that yeah. sort of team came out from where it's like they've got the best midfield. Um, and I'm not saying they actually do have the best midfield, but I think we will need some legs and some some physical ability in in, in the midfield and, and obviously O nine could provide that and given his you know, for example, the goal Lincoln scored when he was rolled pretty easily by that striker. I think that's the type of play we can expect from their centre forwards. So, um, if we have the ability to not play in there, then that might be an option. Um, like you said, it's obviously not long term what we want to be doing playing in there anyway. And given the magnitude of these two games that we've got, um, if we have an actual centre back playing, because Bailey Wright will will be the type of centre back that can deal with their threat, I would say quite well. 
Um, yeah, well, he played in the in the but, game away and, and kept a clean sheet, didn't he? Maybe yeah, scored like that exactly. weird loop and header that off the I think went off yeah, the yeah. bar, cleared off the line, maybe. Um, but then I guess it's the same argument with Flanagan and Rice. Onain, we have seen, you know, obviously he's not been at his previous standard at centre half, but we have seen very good performances in big games, obviously at Wembley and against Portsmouth and other games as well, where he's just done a decent job. So. Could we maybe keep one of Wright or Flanagan out of that game and maybe keep them for what is arguably, or well, not arguably, what is definitely a bigger game against Peterborough on Easter Monday? Because with them not playing, obviously Wright hasn't played in a while. Flanagan, we only saw um, off the bench against Portsmouth and he went off injured at Wembley. So maybe you want to keep them for, for that game as well if you want to score for players in their more natural position. But either way, if Luke 9 does start, we, we, it's still not in that period anymore where it's a massive shock and you're massively worried because we have seen them perform there as well and, uh, and see them perform well against arguably better sides. Um, but it would just it, it's just nice to have the options as, as much as anything and it would be nice to see yeah, 9 definitely. unleashed a little bit and put in the midfield because... I think. And it just shows how well he's done, really, the fact that yeah. we're willing to say, you know, we'd be, I mean, yeah, we'd be happy with him there. Obviously, if he doesn't have to play there, that's probably better. But like you say, if he does if he does need to play there, we trust him to do it. One thing you can always say about 09 is you trust him to, to at least give it the best that he can. He's not going to, you know, you can rely on him. He's a very reliable player, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. I think that if he does need to play there, then, you know, that's fine. Yeah, I think it would be good if we could see an hour out of Jordan Jones as well. Um, he's been out for, I think it's three weeks now, but looking at the clips the club have shared on social media, he seems to be training. Um, obviously, you don't know if he's in full training. Obviously, Lee Johnson will probably say this in his press conference, whether he's fit or not, but there's videos of him like doing sprints and stuff like that. And if you've had a hamstring injury and you're doing intense mm-hmm. stuff like that, it does kind of suggest you need a full fitness. But even if we could just get him for an hour... I think, you know, you see the type of delivery you can put in and the bother you can cause teams like we saw with Portsmouth, with O'Brien there as well as Charlie Wyke. There's that, that, that's as a front four, like this is what they essentially would be. That's a big threat and Gooch hasn't not, he's not played well for, he's done a job, he works hard, he never hides, I get all that, but in recent, if you take the recent form, Jones has been the better player, and you'd rather see him in the starting eleven. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I think um, the thing with Jones, he, he could have the game won in an hour, mm-hmm. like the, the way he's been playing yeah. recently. Um, Gooch, is, you know, I, I like him, but he, he's just not been at it as he. I think to be fair, and I'm not put a downer on it. He wasn't great in the final till he popped up with the goal. Um, and it, huh? it, it just okay. seems a bit out, a little bit out of sorts. I don't know. Maybe he needs a, a, a break. From and Gooch isn't a bad a bad option off the bench no, either. No. Like that's fine. And just on just um, no, sorry, Rory. No, no, um, go ahead. Man. Just on, just quickly going back to the centre half. Um, you're saying about maybe keeping them for Monday. Just sort of devil's advocate. advocate is that right? Devil's advocate. Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah. Devil's, is, dick, yeah. devil's dick advocate. <laughs> Um, just would you rather would you not maybe do we want to see one of them come in totally from the cold against Peterborough would you yeah rather? well that's true well if, if they're alright to be on the bench you could do because he kind of did that with Tom Flanagan didn't he gave him some minutes against Portsmouth 
So to kind of reintegrate him, so I think you would be fit for the uh, Papa yeah. John's final. So maybe you could do that and not put him on from the start and then bring one of them on. You know, if, if we're two, yeah. two nil up, whatever, you maybe go to a back three and, and just sit on it. So there's that option. But yeah, you, you are probably right. Do you want them to be coming in totally cold? Do you want them to have got maybe half an hour, 20 minutes eased back in as well? Um, but, you know, the game's in such a short space of time and that's why it makes or breaks teams, doesn't it, at this yeah. stage of the season? But it's all it's all part of the fun. Um one thing we haven't touched on as well is Jack Diamond could be involved, fresh off his new deal, um, which ties him down until twenty twenty four. Just to quickly touch on that one, that's why we move on to predictions. Um, obviously good to tie down a, a young player. He's had glimpses of of real qualities, being in and outside a little bit, but just good to get someone tied down. We've lost young players for nominal fees and it's, you know, he's, he's still got time to develop as well. And like we, like I say, we've seen some of that potential already. So just just nice to have something a bit settled there. And again, points to us being a bit more organised off the field yeah. as well. Oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think with... Sorry, you got No, no, sorry, Jim. I, um, no, I don't have a lot to say on it other than it's good to see, and he. I think he's been. I think he's been okay yeah, this yeah. season. I'm not. I don't think I'm being unfair. He's shown in flashes for me that he's he's been good. He's had games where he's looked not ready, but it's his first season with us, really. Um, I know he was at Harrogate last season, so you, you know you. We don't want these players to go for nothing, even if they're not going to play a hundred games yeah. for us. We, we 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 don't want to just give them away. So it's good to see just generally a bit of a bit of admin getting done, isn't it? <laughs> Lovely bit of admin. Yeah, Absolutely. he's shown enough. He's shown enough, hasn't he? Definitely. Yeah, at his age as well. There's there's stuff to iron out, definitely. But yeah. there's, there's there's been you know plenty of that that link in game and coming off the bench, he's he's made good contributions. Um, obviously did that Wembley in the Pat Johns final, did it really well against Lincoln in the in the semi final as well. So yeah, nice to get that tied down. Um, what do we think though, lads? For is it going to be a good Friday for the lads against Oxford? And we'll tie this in as well. We've got Hull away to Crew. We've got Fleetwood away to Peterborough. Are we going to get a win? Are we breaking into the top two this weekend? Jim, I'll come to you first. Yeah, we'll win 2-0. And we'll be... Could we, could we go top? We could go top. Yeah, we could yeah. we could go top if um we'd if Hull would have to lose and they're four goals better off, so we'd have to have that swing as well. But we could go top on goal difference. Yeah. All right. We'll we'll win two 0 and be second going into Monday's game. I think we'll be taking Peterborough going to play on Monday. Yeah, Peterborough could draw and we could still go second because our goal if we won yeah. and they drew, our goal difference would be better. Uh, Matt, how do you think it's gonna go? And are we gonna be in the top two come Good Friday evening? Uh, I think we'll win. I think we'll win 3-1, the good bet, I believe. Oh, the good so, bet. Yeah, Dan Howden's good bet. Um, Been putting that on for months and it still hasn't come in, so it's not that good. Are we going to go, well, t- this weekend is your lucky day, Rory. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> oh, no, I forgot to put it on. <laughs> that, that probably will happen. Uh, will we go to... Go on, shall I? Yeah. Um, right, so Hull will lose. <laughs> 
Despite what I said on the prediction pod last week, Hull will lose to whoever they're Yeah, playing. you've got to keep it tied in with that. Actually, Jim's got freedom, me and you don't. Um, oh, I'll ignore that. I wonder if I ever <laughs> listened to what I've said in the past. Um, uh, Peterborough will lose heavily. Zero accountability. Um, Hull will be mauled by crew, is it? Yeah, Hull are away to That'll crew. That'll be away. So like, and then, it is genuinely away as well. Yeah, well, obviously. Um, and we'll go top, yeah. And oh, we okay. will go on to finish second. Well, that is what you said in the predictions, to be fair. So you have kept that honest. Um, yeah, Jim, I'm going to echo what you say. I think oh, it'll be tricky for Hull to crew, but I think I said on the predictions that Hull were going to win that. I definitely had Peter Brett to drop points against Fleetwood. I can't remember when I, whether I had them as draw or lose. It might have been a defeat. So that's a draw. That'll I be a think, draw. yeah, I, I think Fleet would have been all right recently. Simon Grayson do us a favour. It's the least he could do, really. Um, <laughs> yeah, like it is, isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah, it really is. It genuinely <laughs> is the least he could do. Um, I suppose we did beat them, actually. Maybe so, but he, he owes us one. I think that just brought us level. <laughs> he owes us it? a bit more than this. He does owe us a bit more than that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think Jim, you're correct. We're gonna we're gonna beat Oxford. Peter dropped points against Fleetwood, and we move into second, and we never leave the top two from that day forward. Uh, yeah, me that's and what, Matt... that's what I reckon. It's gonna be one of those moments where you look back and go, "Yes, that was on the, the top. We got moment. the top two. We never left again." Absolutely, yeah. strongly agree. Well, me and Matt are going to be in jubilant mood if that happens when we come back for the reaction pod straight after the game against Oxford. Not sure what's happening in between pods, whether you're going to have Gareth and Stephen do any usual sort of review of that and look ahead to the game against uh, Peter. Maybe I should have asked them before we start recording, but I forgot. Um, but either way, me and Matt will be back to react to that and we'll be doing reaction um, we are going to be doing reaction after the Peter Rigg game as well Matt we probably should given it's a, a, a big game really shouldn't we uh, no no okay I'll do it myself then right I'll just talk <laughs> to myself I'll just get, I'll just get hammered on I'll just get hammered on <laughs> Well, hopefully you enjoy getting hammered this bank holiday weekend. Ho- hopefully it's bookended by two Sunderland victories. We get into the top two, and like we say, we're never leaving there again. And as always, thank you very much for listening. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.